0: Hey, you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. Oh man, Um, I was a hot mess. Hot mess express uh, first service. Like, I was like on the struggle bus in a good way. Um, So what happened was this morning, we started first service and I got up from the stage, and I said, we're going to have HGP. And I was like, for those of you who don't know what HGP is, it's a holy ghost party. <laughs> so I said that somewhat jokingly, and then something happened in about the third song. And we were like, oh, man, what's happening? Like, the whole band, like, got wrecked. And, um, like... Like, the Lord broke out. Like, not manufactured. We didn't plan for it. We didn't plan for half the songs that we did. And, like, something happened. Like, the Spirit started moving, and I was like, oh, okay. So I got up here for second service, and I was like, guys, don't know what's going to happen. But we're ready, <laughs> nonetheless. And the Lord, the Lord moved. I was, Anthony was teasing me this morning. He's like, Des, every time we plan Greater You, Lord, for the last song, we never actually sing Greater You, Lord. And I was like, today's the day it's going to happen and then it didn't. (laughs) So I was like, all right, man, we'll have to do it another time, because obviously, like, the Lord was just moving, but he, um, he so wrecked me, and, uh, like, I'm, guys, I'm just gonna forewarn you, I'm probably gonna cry a lot. Okay, so, um, but he wrecked me, because I, I was worshiping, and I looked out, and I saw all of you worshiping, and I was so touched, because as a worship leader, um, sometimes we get into service and we were trying to lead you into the presence of the Lord, and it didn't feel like we were leading you into the presence of the Lord. It felt like you were there with us, yeah. and uh, I, I just I felt like this joy just come up inside of me because I was like, man, this is what we long for. We don't want church as usual. Like, we really, really don't want church as usual. And so I saw, I looked out, and I was like, this is not church as usual. I believe, like, that there's a time coming where 20-minute worship dies. I'm just being real with you. That 20-minute worship and a 15-minute sermon, and you're out the door, and you're in the parking lot, with, and under an hour, it's dying. And, and it's time that, I, where you come to church and all you see is self-promotion, I feel like that's, it's dying at the foot of the cross. And I feel like the Lord is really, really wanting to do something. And I just, I look around and I'm just so amazed at what he has already done. But I've just got to tell you guys, I'm ruined for church as normal. I I grew up with parents who were revivalists. Uh, We went from church to church. I saw miracles all the time, and I saw AIDS healed, and I, I saw the dead raised, literally. I mean, I've seen it all under my parents' ministry. And then uh, when I got into high school, I started going to a local youth group, and the church was on fire. I mean, it messed me up. It messed me up big time. So I started going to this church, and they were on fire for the Lord, and I saw what the Lord was doing, and the Lord was moving in such a way, and then all of a sudden, um, their strategy began to change as they decided to grow the church. Now, the church was already very large, so it was unusual to see a move of God at such a large church. But as the, the strategy started changing, I noticed uh, there wasn't as much freedom in the services anymore. I'd ask the pastor, we sat under his ministry, I'd ask him, why aren't we letting worship go like we used to? And he's like, well, there's time for that in a celebration service. But that is not that kind, we're not having those kind of services right now. And I was like okay so like what if the Lord moves? And they're like he can move within our time frame and uh, I remember being very grieved I remember it becoming very performance driven um, myself Covington and Anthony we were all worship leaders there and I remember being on stage at times and uh, like the cameras like you know how the cameras always find you this is a very large church so they had cameras everywhere uh, not like, like the big ones, so your face was on the projector. So I, I remember, like, worshiping and closing my eyes and just being so in love with Jesus. And the main worship leader coming up to me and was like, you need to open your eyes. You need to engage the audience. I was like, ooh, I'm engaging the Lord. So, <laughs> like, when I'm, I can't really engage the audience. And they're like, they need to feel your emotion. I was like, why don't they feel their own emotion for the Lord? Um, but... <laughs> Guys, i I'm going to forewarn you because I probably didn't warn first service good enough. I'm going to step on your toes, but if you move your feet, you'll be fine. So, I I I like I just know like the pastor Gio said it earlier, the Lord disciplines those that he loves. And I feel like I have a message today to remind us to remember the goodness of God and all that he has done for us, and sometimes that takes some discipline. And I, like self-discipline. So, I'm going to I'm going to go to that. But while uh you guys can go ahead and turn with me to Exodus 32. And I say all of that is because I'm ruined for church as normal, and I just, I don't want normal church. I don't want normal Christianity. I don't want to look like the rest of the world where you wonder, Are, is she a Christian or is she, like, what is she? Like, I want you to know. Like, hey, I'm a Christian. I'm a crazy lover of Jesus. If you come close to me, I might pray for you. I mean, like, I want to be known for that. You know, I'm like, I'm so sick of just coming around and saying, like, Are they saved? Maybe. I don't know. I I used to work at Sephora, and when I worked at Sephora, one of the girls would always ask me, She's like, You smoke weed? Because you're really cool. And I was like, no. I just love Jesus. (laughs) I love Jesus a lot. So I want people to wonder. I want them to wonder: like, is she on drugs or does she love Jesus? I don't know. So I just, I'm so ruined for church as usual. So I'm going to start reading with you guys, and I have it on the screen behind me. And um, if you don't have your Bibles, that's okay, but I encourage you to get the Word of God. I, I know that having a phone is great, and I'm not against electronics. Maybe I am a little. But get, get, get the Word of God. It's, it's going to change your life. So we're going to pick up in verse 1. It says, When the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down from the mountain, they gathered Aaron. Come on, they said, make us... God's who can lead us. We don't know what happened to the fellow Moses, that's nice, who brought us from the land of Egypt. They acknowledge that he brought him. So Aaron said, take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. All the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. Then Aaron took the gold and melted it down and molded it into the shape of a calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, Oh, Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of Egypt, which they know that that's not true. Aaron saw how excited the people were, so he built an altar in front of the calf, and then he announced, Tomorrow we will have a festival for the Lord. The people got up early the next morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings, and they celebrated with feasting and drinking, and they indulged in pagan celebrations. I just, I read that and it, it grieved me because they recognize in one scripture, hey, Moses brought us out of the land of Egypt. And the very next thing, they're building a calf and they're saying that that God is the God of Israel, which it is not. And it, it brought us out of Egypt. Something I learned when I was studying the scripture is that calf, as actually it used to be one of the Egyptian gods, so it was a, a God that they were familiar with. It was a God that they had seen in the past. They were familiar with it, so they began to worship it. So I'm going to skip down to 17. When Joshua heard the boisterous noise of the people shouting below them, he exclaimed to Moses, It sounds like a war in the camp. But Moses replied, No, it's not a shout of victory, nor the wailing of defeat. I hear the sound of a celebration. When they came near the camp, Moses saw the calf and dancing and he burned with anger. He, grew, he threw the stone tablets to the ground, smashing them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf that they had made and burned it. Then he ground it into powder, threw it into the water and forced the people to drink. So what's happening right here? Moses is spinning face to face with God and the people grow tired of Moses being away. God, people, God, people. So they have this great idea, hey, we don't know about this Moses fellow, so we're gonna go ahead and create something that we're familiar with. So we're gonna take the time to create something we're familiar with. It's, it's so sad because here God is. I'm gonna backtrack just for a second. It says, when Moses turned and went down the mountain, he had his hands, the two stone tablets, inscribed with the terms of the covenant. They're inscribed on both sides, front and back. The tablets were God's work. He himself wrote on them. The very work of God was in Moses' hands, yet they did not want it. They wanted their familiarity. And I wonder how many times in the church we do the same thing. And if you go back, when I read earlier, the the crazy thing about this is, is that Aaron not only through a feast for the calf, but then he threw a feast for the Lord. And I think sometimes we get so caught up, we do both and we call it worship. And we say, Lord, here's my calf, but also it's for you. <laughs> it's not for him. I don't want to look at something and say, those are my earrings. <laughs> I created that. I created it with my gold earrings. That's for me. I don't want to look at something and see the fruit of my own production. When you do that, it makes you sick. That's what the Word of God says. That's why He ground it up into powder and He made them drink it, because it makes you sick when you produce something on your own. When we produce something on our own, we get church a lot of times. I'm just being real. We get church, we get half-hearted worship where we say, Lord, I love you, but I got so many problems. And lord i want to spend time with you but my friend just called me and i would rather spend time with them i'm just being real and i feel like the lord wants to check us today and check our hearts and as a lover of jesus you want him to check your heart like i know sometimes like we run from that and we're like oh don't check me lord but wait like we need to get back into the place where we let the lord look in and say lord If there's anything in me, get it out. I don't want it in my heart. I don't want any part of it. And I think we need to get back to the place where we say, God, check me to make sure I am clean. Make sure I'm not creating some muddy version of worship and saying it's unto you, but it's still unto a calf that I created myself. And I, so I was praying to the Lord, and I said, Lord, how do we keep you as the main thing? How do we keep from going back and forth from something we create, something that's familiar, and then keeping you as who you're supposed to be? And this is what he told me. He told me, if you want to be in my presence, you need to know what I love. What does he love? Praise and thanksgiving. Psalms 100. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Let me just go ahead and tell you, I, a lot of times, uh, like, you, you guys will give us song suggestions, and you'll be like, hey, I heard the song on the Christian radio, you should definitely do it. And I'll listen to it, and it's so full of me, 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 I, 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 and I can't stomach it, because there's no, literally nothing about the Lord. It's like, oh, yeah, there you are, Jesus, I forgot after I told you all about myself, there you are. And that's not worship. If you really want to step into the presence of the Lord, you come with thanksgiving and praise. And, I, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with coming to him with your issues. When we come to him with our issues, that is prayer and intimacy. That is not praise and thanksgiving. Praise is vertical. It's straight up. It tells the nature of the Lord. It tells the goodness of the Lord. It has very little to do with us and a lot to do with him. And he spoke to me. He said, if you, if you would learn to touch my heart, I'll move my hand. I was like, oh man, Jesus, like, okay. Like he said, if you know what I love, I'll always come. And praise gives us an audience with Jesus. We know that from Psalms 22. He said, I'm enthroned upon the praises of my people. If you want an audience with the Lord, if you want an audience with the King, you need to praise Him. Because let me just tell you, talent, talent's not going to do it. Singing pretty is not going to do it. Putting your your random worship song on is not going to do it. If you want a a, a communion with the Lord you need to praise him listen I am like I'm not against yeah I am okay here listen I struggle so hard with y'all listen I'm I'm trying to soften it I was like I asked Martha I was like Martha was that too hard on him she's like nah girl and then I was like wait you might not be a good judge (laughs) because she's she's rough like me so I'm like she might not be a good judge I should probably ask someone else um, but listen, okay, worship music was never meant to replace the word of God. Your podcast that you listen to does not replace the word of God. I'm so sick of so many Christians talking to us and saying, oh brother, oh sister, I was just spend in time with the Lord with my worship music on. I'm like, that's great. What's, what's the Lord speaking to you? Oh, he's just telling me he loves me. That's great. What is he saying in his word? Oh, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Well, I just want to spend time in his presence. I don't need his word. Oh, oh, man. Oh, man, I'm just listening to so-and-so on podcasts, and they're really feeding my soul. Well, that's great that you're getting fed by someone else's revelation. Why don't you open up the word of God and get your own? Like, I'm just being real. Like, it's time that we stop letting other people feed us and feed ourselves. I'm happy that we, as pastors, we lead you to the food, but I never force you to eat that God doesn't force you to eat. And until you get into the word itself, you will not know him. You will not know him. And, and I just, I think so many times we get so caught up in the routine of religion that we think, okay, I'll worship for 15 minutes. I'll play my podcast and I'll be on my way. And that's good. And it's like, no, when are we going to get past that and spend time with the Lord? Like, when are we going to go there? The Lord spoke something to me so, so profoundly. When we are worshiping, we worship radical and crazy, and, and I'm okay with that. I'm not making apologies for it. We get reviews. We send you guys uh, reviews when you're your first-time visitor. We, we send you out a review, and you can tell us what you like about us and what you don't. And you know what we hear? Oh, worship's so good, but it's so long. Oh, well. Because <laughs> we're not worshiping you. We're worshiping Jesus. I'm not worshiping unto people. I'm worshiping unto the King of Kings. So I don't really care how long it takes. The Lord spoke this to me. He said, The bride always has the bridegroom in mind. And if you don't have the bridegroom in mind, what are you doing? You're just attending a wedding and you're just a spectator. If you want to be with Jesus, you have to have the bridegroom in mind. We, Newsflash, are the bride come on. He said to me this week, he said, it's like having a kingdom without a king. It's pointless. You can say I'm a part of this grand kingdom. Who's your ruler? I don't know. Mm. I don't know my ruler. I don't know who he is. It's pointless. It's so pointless. I just feel like my husband says this all the time. He's like, as the church has learned to adapt it, the, 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 language of Christianity or the language of the Lord. And we have not actually adapted him It's like, oh, I got to tell you guys, we sit with so many people and they're like, yes, I know the Lord. And they know the language of the Lord. And they'll convince us. Man, we've been so convinced. We've sat with some people and we're like, they know the Lord. They know so much about the Lord. And I'm like, no, they know the language of the Lord. They do not know him. I know that they don't know him by the way they act. They're familiar with him. They're familiar with him. Something's happened by there, man. (laughs) I'll let it happen. I'll let it happen. We want to be with the Lord. We praise the Lord. That's what what we were doing. That's why sometimes you'll see us in worship and uh, you'll be like, man, they're really pushing us today. I really wish they would stop. No, we won't stop. We won't stop because we caught a glimpse of him. And when you catch a glimpse of him, you fall so in love you fall so in love and how do we measure success did he come like being honest there are some Sundays I walk out this building and I said Lord I'm sorry you weren't there today I'm sorry that we worshiped something for an hour but it wasn't you because when he when he comes it's tangible you can feel it. You felt it this morning. You felt it. People get set free. And I, I just wonder, I'm like, so many times we look at churches and we go, oh, that church is so big. Look how fast they're growing. Look, they're doing so great. They're doing this. They're doing that. Look at their strategies. How can we do it? And I, I just wonder, did he come? Like, was he there with them that morning? Or was it just a gathering for community? I'm not against community gatherings, but can I just be realistic with you guys for a second? Well, I'm going to. So, I'm going to, and I try not to be too hard on you guys. I'm really trying to soften it. But we can pack this room for a Super Bowl event, when we cannot pack it for Easy 44, which is where we come and minister to the Lord. Four of you will show up where we come and minister to the Lord. But if I say Super Bowl chili party, all of you will come. And I wonder how bad it grieves the Lord that you would rather have community with other people than with him. We, we went to a conference and uh, I got jacked up, man. You know, like... I'm not against conferences, but I like know I've been around conference junkies. I go from conference to conference to conference and you can see them, like they're at all the conferences. <laughs> and I know what a conference high is, but like the Lord ministered to my heart so much uh, a couple weeks ago. He like really touched me and he spoke to me. He was gentle to me. And I remember I was like throwing myself a pity party because I was like, God, there's 8,000 people here, you even see me, God, you see me, and I was just throwing, I was throwing such a party, and I was getting mad at other people's favor, I was, I totally was, I'm not going to lie, some other people had favor on their life, and I got jealous of it, and I was like, oh, God, look at the favor on that person's life, look at that, I was like, God, but do you see me, do you know that I'm here, and my, my sweet friend, uh, Shannon sent me a video. She's like, yes, guess what? I was like, what? She's like, you're in the video. I was like, what video? And the Lord said, out of 8,000 people, I always saw you. And in the video, like, there's a moment where it scans really quickly, and I'm just standing there. And I'm worshiping him, and he's like, I always saw you. And the Lord convicted me as I watched other people burn. I said, God, I want what they have. And he said, then you need to give up some of your stuff. (sighs) I'm being just real. We talked about this fast and we were like, we're not going to do 21 days because when we do 21 days, only me and you are fasting by that time. No one likes to last that long. Usually about a week into it, everyone's like, nah, man, uh, I've been, I've had Cheetos, I've had potatoes, I've had chips and French fries, and that counts as a potato, and it's technically Daniel's, just saying. And ketchup, and that's a tomato. So I'm like, guys, it gets so modified by then, and I'm not hating on your modifications. Totally do it too. But it's like, we don't want to give up things in this culture. We want to hold on to everything and say, give me Jesus, but we can't. Like, we can't hold on to everything and say, give me Jesus. And I, I know I told you guys this, but last, uh, at the conference, I was, uh, I was having a moment in worship. And the Lord, like, I've always struggled with depression. Uh, I don't, I remember being little and struggling with anger and depression. And I knew that's not what the Lord had for me. I know that that's not what he has for me, but it's easy for me to step back into it and say, Lord, this is just who I am. This is my makeup. This is who I'm always going to be. And there was a moment when I was worshiping, the Lord gave me this vision, and I was standing there, and I was worshiping, and it was like I, I could look down on myself, and I saw my, my body there worshiping, and I saw my spirit on the ground. He's like, your body's in it, but your spirit's dead. And I was like, okay, Lord, like, uh, I don't know. And I, I just felt such heaviness. And I started praying and it's like, God, renew my mind, renew my mind, renew my mind. And all of a sudden, I saw the Lord, like, rip up my spirit and throw it into my body. And at that very moment, this girl breaks out into a spontaneous moment and she was like, I've got joy. Deep down in my soul, I can feel it in my bones, and I felt like this heaviness just leave me, and I was worshiping, and I was like, oh, Jesus, this is amazing. Everyone should experience this with you. I'm on, like, cloud nine. I'm having such a good time, and I'm like, wow, like, the Spirit's really moving. I was like, I, I need to record this moment, and I went to go get out my phone, and the Lord said to me, do you want this moment with me, or do you want it with your phone? said, oh Jesus, how many times have I chose my phone over you? How many times have I sat in front of the TV when you've just sat there and said, I just want to spend time with you? I feel like right now. I think today, I think the Lord is wanting to show you guys where we've created these calves and these idols, and we dress them to look like our God, but they're not him. And every time, I'm not trying to get like on a a pedestal of like Facebook or Instagram or whatever. I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm also not saying it's good. And I feel like sometimes like the Lord's calling us to sacrifice stuff, and we're just turning up the volume to the TV so we don't hear him. Like, no, Lord, I can't sacrifice that. Like, I'm just being real. I'm so sick of being in the cars with Christians as we drive past the homeless and no one does anything. <laughs> or we're at restaurants and it's like, I think I got a word for her. I don't know. Never mind. I don't have a word. It's like, give, give your waitress a word. Or we see the sick and we just are like, someone else will get them, Lord. Someone else, get a, someone else is going to get them and I just... <laughs> I think the Lord's trying to bring us back to a place of consecration. Which is a hard word for the church. Where we divorce ourselves from things that are lesser lovers than him. That this would be the place that any lesser lover would come and die. And we would fall in love with Jesus again and that we would be a jesus people it wouldn't just be a talk and wouldn't just be like hey brother i'm reading my word it's the first of the year but like no in june you're still reading your word i love charismatics i do i love you guys but like we get so concentrated on the presence of the Lord that we we get out of the word and we say I just need to be in the presence. I don't I just need to be in the presence. This is the presence of the Lord. There is no separation. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and it became flesh, and it dwelt among us. This is his very breath. What are you doing? Get into your Word. Eat it. Devour it. Consume it. Fall in love with the Word of God. I've seen it so much, and we say, oh, I need this person to pray for me. I need another Word from the Lord. I need another Word from the Lord. It's right here. It's right here, stop going from prophet to prophet. Like dude, their words are worthless unless you know what the Lord of God has said about you. I'm so sick of seeing people go from place to place saying I need so and so to lay hands on me. I I mean, I used to be that way, I really was. Uh, When I first got into this movement, um, I heard about Bill Johnson and I heard about Heidi Baker I heard about them all, and I got to go to conferences with them. And I remember I waited a really long time for Bill Johnson to pray for me. And I got in line, and I was like, Lord, 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 please. I'm going to feel the presence of the Lord come. So I'm like peeking, moving, moving. I know what shoes he has on so I can recognize when the Spirit's going to hit. Okay? That's how you know. Let me just go ahead and tell you. That's how you know. I looked to make sure I knew his shoes so that way I could respond when the man of God touched me. So I looked, I looked, I looked, and I was like, all right, he's here, he's here. He prayed for me, and nothing happened. When the Lord spoke to me, he said, you wanted a man's touch more than you wanted mine. I just wonder how many times we do that. Will we come in, will we want a word from so-and-so. We want another revelation. We want to be the next speaker, we want to be the next worshiper. And God's just saying, I just want you to be a lover. Where are my lovers? The Lord spoke to me last night when I was sitting on the couch with my husband. Uh, we were watching something random. and. Uh, I was like, there's a, there's a story in the Bible. He's like, yes, that is in the Bible. I'm just going to confirm that to you. I was like, yes, okay, good. I feel great. And then he told me where it was located. And it's in Matthew 25, and it's the story of the foolish versions. And the Lord spoke to me as I was reading that. And if you don't know the story of the foolish versions, they were waiting for the bridegroom. They were waiting for him and waiting for him. And five of them were foolish, and they did not have oil for their lamps. So they could not see when he came. So they went to the other five that were prepared and said, give me some of your oil. My husband leaned over and he said, you can't give other people your oil. I was like, dang, that's good. I'm gonna steal it. Because when you give other people your oil, you're not prepared for the bridegroom yourself. And I think for a long time we come to church and we look for other people's oil. And we say, I need the pastor's oil. I need my husband's oil. I need my wife's oil. If I could just have the oil for my friend. And the Lord says, I have plenty of oil. I have plenty of oil. You're just in the wrong direction. You're in the wrong place. Uh, Lance, could you come? I think for today, the Lord is wanting to remove lesser lovers, and he's wanting you to return to first love. And if you don't know, and, and you're like, hey, I don't even know where to start Thanksgiving praise, Father, I thank you, because you are good you don't know where to start in your bible you know what i was that way i grew up in church man i grew up in the church i went to ministry school and i went through classes on how to read the bible do you believe that and i had no relationship with it because if he doesn't breathe on it they're just words on a paper but then i found this app that you all have on your phone it's a bible app And did you know on your Bible app, it tells you how to read the word of God? Oh man, it breaks it down super easy. If you're wondering, hey, where do I start? I want to start reading and falling in love with him. I suggest you start in John. John is my favorite book of the Bible. It is full of Jesus. And I say, get along with him shut your phone off. I know it's a foreign concept, but when I've spent four hours on my phone a day and not even 10 minutes with the love of my life, what am I doing? I have community with the world, but I don't have community with the one. When I watch eight episodes of Netflix, without even thinking, is this hurting the Lord's heart right now? What am I doing? Oh God, we repent of all the time we've wasted on lesser lovers. We repent for choosing our faults over choosing you. We repent for choosing relationships over choosing you. We repent for walking past the broken and not showing them you. calf that we have erected in your name be destroyed today so that we may not be sick let us not taste of the fruit of our own production you know one of the greatest fears for my husband and I Is that we would get to heaven, and Jesus said, You did a great job building your church, but it wasn't mine. But this would all be in vain if it was not for this one thing we seek it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Father, we seek you at any cost. You know, um, we often, you can come baby. We often look at numbers as success. We always say, uh, I was driving this morning and uh, everyone always says, well, if it's healthy, it will grow. And the Lord spoke to me, he said, so does bacteria. I was like oh yeah you're right Lord bacteria does grow and that's not good. There is good bacteria but it wasn't saying it in a good way and we were at the conference and um, it felt like the Lord like had checked me and my husband again and then one of the speakers got up I don't know if it was Daniel, Michael or Eric it was one of those three got up and said if numbers were success then the foot of the cross was a failure only if you were there and i would rather have a few people who are madly in love than have thousands who say i know of this god i know the language but i don't know him